0: Welcome to the Heart Centered Therapist podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together, My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist podcast. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host, and I'm so glad you joined me today. Welcome back if you're a regular listener. Thank you so much for contributing to this community of Heart-Centered Therapists, and welcome to all the new listeners today i'm so glad you're here in today's episode i have a wonderful guest and i can't wait for you to meet her and listen to our conversation so i'd like to introduce you to amaret o'brien a licensed marriage and family therapist based in southern new hampshire amaret is dedicated to making a positive impact on the lives of anxious teen girls Amaret's passion led her to create Girl Strong, a skill group designed to impart crucial life skills recommended by the World Health Organization. Recognizing the value of this program, she transformed it into a comprehensive bundle available for fellow therapists, empowering them to implement the curriculum with their teen clients. If you work with teens or have a teen, this is an important episode for you. Taking her mission global, Amorette also offers an online course ensuring that girls worldwide can access the empowering resources she has crafted through Girl Strong. Welcome, Amorette. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your time. Yes, absolutely. And we're practically neighbors because you're in New Hampshire and I'm in Maine, and we're both having snowstorms today as we record this
1: it's a great day for a great conversation. It's it just nice to be inside and speak with someone and about these important topics. So I'm looking forward to it. Great. Me too. Absolutely. I always
0: start with asking my guests the same question. What does being a heart-centered therapist mean to you?
1: Oh, thank you for that question. Um, It's such an important one. I think For me, what it means is showing up not just with the knowledge of having read professional journal articles related to topics you will be discussing and not attending, just showing up with the knowledge from attending trainings where you learn the greatest and newest and best interventions, best practices for interventions. It's showing up with empathy and understanding and caring for clients, knowing that you are there to support them without necessarily blindly supporting them. And by that, I just mean, I remember someone said to me, you know, my mom doesn't like my boyfriend because she doesn't want me to be happy. And I guess I just had um, my approach. I just had like a dead stare on my face. And she's like, Or because he's a drug dealer. It's like, there it is. Um, So it's, you know, sometimes just gently, I call it gently challenging Mm -hmm. these beliefs that might not serve us well or necessarily be backed by evidence. It's, you know, our thought train running wild with lots of automatic negative thoughts and just gently challenging those. So that's kind of where I I come from with the heart-centered
0: approach. Oh, I love that. Gently challenging with that empathy, right? Like you want her to be happy too, but then you have to kind of confront her about the drug dealer part. It's just, it's so great. And it's it's an advanced move to do this gentle confrontation. Always talking about that with um, my therapist, but yeah, I love that notion of being heart centered and, and having that empathy and then I think, especially for you, Amaret, working with teenagers, right? They see right through
1: us if we're being fake, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Well, and I think for me, I, I'm, I'm big fans of my clients. I mean, these are just incredibly strong young women, and I have the most respect for them. I, in my head, sometimes fangirl over them and everything, Aww. just in terms of they're amazing, but. Going back to my phrase of, I don't want to BS them about characteristics that trying to pretend that they have that, let's say they don't, because I don't think that's setting them up in the real world then. Like if we're like, oh my gosh, you're such a great public speaker, you're amazing, but they're not. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, that's false confidence and that just backfires. So it's recognizing not one person can be everything. So you're there to, you know, support what they want to work on. But then yes, like I said, sometimes just um, whether I use my words to do it, or I guess facial expression, which some of my clients and kids have called me out on, um, which is just like, okay, fine. I get that you're not buying that. It's like, oh, okay. I guess I managed to express that.
0: Yeah. And and she's smiling now for all of those listening. Right. <laughs> <Big smile>. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: you know, I know my listeners are going to be so interested in your work with teenage girls and we're going to talk about Girl Strong, but please share a little of the evolution. Like how did you get to specialize in
1: anxious teens? Yeah. Thank you for the question. So, I think like many therapists, I started in community mental health Mm -hmm. post-grad school, and I was working with kids on juvenile probation, and I would go into their home three times a week. And it was a pretty intensive program, obviously. Mm -hmm. And if we were successful in our work with them, then they met certain goals where the judge would say, okay, you can remain in the community. And if we were unable to reach those goals, then the judge would send them to a placement facility for 18 months. So I'm very grateful I did it when I was young and dumb, because I didn't understand necessarily the pressure. I was just so excited to get to work with kids and help make their lives a bit better and um, help make some help them make some changes, not realizing the stakes. I mean, I think now I'd be so caught up in anxiety thinking, oh my gosh, if this doesn't work, you know. Um, right. Right, But so it was solely working with teenagers and I just, I just fell in love with the work. Um, mm-hmm. They're just so incredibly resilient and, and they have so much, usually all of them anxiety, right? Because they're trying to figure out their identity Yeah. more than at any other time of life. They are trying to figure out who they want to be and they have expectations from the school telling them to be a certain way and their parents and their peers and their friends and So there's a lot of systems Mm -hmm. trying to influence and control, and you have them for the first time in their lives really wanting to push off that control and be independent while also following along with a collective so they don't stand out from their peers. So it's just such an overwhelming, interesting time. I just remember feeling humbled at the end of my day, maybe tired, but humbled by the remarkable strength of all the people I got to know in their families and thinking, this is what I want to do.
0: Yeah. Wow. So beautiful and and so compelling. I mean, I got chills at a couple of points where you're talking about that because you really had that immersion into those systems that were affecting those teenage kids, right? And, you know, you were pretty brave as a new therapist to go into that type of work. And, you know, I... I do want to underscore the importance of something like that. Like that's a big step. And to a lot of us did start with community mental health, myself included. And yet I think nowadays it's a little rarer for therapists to start that way. And this is just to say it's not good or bad, but look at the amazing experience that you might get if you decided to do something like community mental health, to work with juveniles, to try to change lives. And then how we're going to hear Amarette's story, how she became this really amazing entrepreneurial therapist from the community mental health background. So I just think that's awesome. I love that. I want to underscore that and acknowledge you for that. And, you know, really just continuing to help kids and families. That's
1: beautiful. Well, thank you. You know, I... I'm really grateful to have had that experience and it's an interesting experience. So to your point of being somewhat unique or unusual, I I mean, yes, in some ways I was raised in a middle-class bubble. And so going into housing projects in a city was definitely a different experience for me. But like I said, at the time, and just being for myself, I was quite young and dumb in the best kind of way. I mean, I remember, A probation officer was supposed to meet me somewhere at a client's house, and I couldn't figure out which building was A. They hadn't marked the buildings or they fell off, whatever. And so I walked up to these two gentlemen. And when I say gentlemen, I mean probably like 19-year-olds. I was like, excuse me, would you mind please directing me to like you know, building A? And I'm standing there with my coffee culotta with whipped cream (laughs) in this um dress that screams social worker, and they pointed. And I was very grateful. I said, Thank you so much. Have a good day. And the probation officer caught up with me from behind. He's like, What were you doing? I said, What do you mean? I was asking directions. He's like, That was a drug deal. You interrupted a drug deal. And I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, I had no clue. Oh my God. I thought they were right. just talking. Um, but where I was working was not known for great public schools, great mm-hmm. educational opportunities. And the kids I was working with, because of again, systems perspective, right? There was a lot of barriers to achieving. I'm not putting it on the schools or the families. There was right. a lot of systems at play, but there were quite a few barriers to them receiving an education that, let's say, would be different than if you received elsewhere. And some people, I remember saying stuff like, "Well, they just don't understand. They just don't know. They don't have this knowledge." And it's like, "Well, no. I mean, one of my kids did a report on Mark Twain."
0: Mm-hmm. That was supposed
1: to be research intensive, and when I said how Samuel Clemens, they're like, "No, Mark Twain." And I'm thinking, "Oh gosh, <laughs> how intense <laughs> is the research if you don't know Mark Twain's the pen name?" But, but they had a situational awareness, mm-hmm. and intelligence, and smarts. These kids that I worked with that was just unsurpassed and just blew yeah. me away how they could read people, read situations, read rooms, and, um, because survival—that survival, that's survival right. skills for them, right? And they i don't know it was just it was um i think i learned quite a bit again because there can be mindsets of like this is how we learn or this is what we need to know right to be successful or whatnot and it's like it might seem non-traditional but the skills and knowledge that these kids had i mean you could argue were very successful to go through this program and meet these goals and then not go to placement when it seems like the environment is kind of working against them. Like I said, it was humbling and inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very grateful for that opportunity. And to go back to what you were saying, I think that kind of inspired me to later on in my career, kind of want to diversify and think I love what I do. And I don't want to take away from what I do. I'm very honored to have this career, but. I want to see what else I can be doing, what other impacts I can be making. And cheesy as it sounds, I think part of that lessons came from being able to work with those amazing kids Wow! because they, you know, had a couple of different things going on in Hustle. and so then it was great working with them
0: and I'm yeah. kind of grateful
1: for the opportunity. That's, so that's yeah.
0: so cool. Yeah. And so that really was fundamental to you starting to create your own programs. And yeah, Girl Strong, what a great name, Amrit. I
1: love it. Girl Strong, tell us about this. Well, thank you. So it does have ties back to community mental health. I was tasked with the state of Connecticut with developing summer programs for those kids on juvenile probation. So Mm -hmm. I think it was called PASS. I created PASS, which is promoting adolescent scholastic skills. I don't have the rights to it anymore. The company I worked for does. So I knew the power of groups from back then yeah and i was seeing a lot of individual clients when i started my practice for which i'm very grateful but it became overwhelming and i was turning people away again from a business standpoint a great problem to have but most therapists aren't just business owners right like we're we're big feelers to tell a parent, I'm sorry, I can't help your child because I'm keeping to my boundaries with my time and that sort of thing. You know, obviously when phrase like that, but oh, I know I have
0: emails to get back to for clients that we don't have enough
1: therapists to support them. And it really hurts my heart. (laughs) Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yes. And I would spend so much time trying to help connect them with someone and give them names of people and everything. And I'm like, listen, I need to do something more than just give names because other people Mm -hmm. are full too. And Mm I'm So I said, I want to I want to create a group. I don't want it to be a therapy group because I don't want to take on more notes. I don't yeah. want to take on like collateral contacts and have to be in touch with a psychiatrist in the school. I mean, I, I want it to be more like a workshop, mm-hmm.
0: skill-based,
1: not therapy. And so I started thinking, okay, if we're going to learn skills, I have ideas on what skills are important for teens to learn. But I mean, who am I to say what skills I think are important for teens to learn? So I started doing more research And the World Health Organization has skills that they think every teenager, regardless of religion, nationality, gender, should learn. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to give it a spin to make sure it's even more applicable to teen girls, which is the situations that we talk about and everything like that for these sets. That's brilliant. And I started running it and it was fantastic. And it's amazing. Wow. I mean, I'm not trying to make it my program, but mm-hmm. the girls are so amazing who come through it, the connections that they make. Yeah, it, it's just it makes my heart happy every single time I get to run this group. And the girls start off strangers. It's a close group. Okay. So it's once a week for six weeks, and the girls start together and end together. Mm-hmm. And my most recent group was for juniors and seniors. And they came in for our last group and they weren't talking as much as usual, which was uncommon. And I asked them finally, I'm like, girls, what's going on? Is everyone okay? And they're like, oh, yeah. But we met at Dunkin' Donuts for like an hour before we came here. So we're kind of talked out. I was like, "Ah, okay, that's a wonderful thing. I'm happy for you. They became Um, friends. They became friends. And it's just, it makes my heart happy.
0: Um, That's your heart centered right there. It makes, when it makes your heart happy,
1: I just love that. So great. (laughs) Sometimes we don't even have time, like, as much time as I want for the skills. So I always have like PDFs. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Tell us um, what some of these skills are. That would be really interesting.
1: Yeah. Thank you. So like one of them is critical thinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I say this a lot. We know teenagers from research, we know they're perfectly capable of critical thinking. I mean, you think of like, let's say the SAT or the tests that they take, they're they're capable of critical thinking, of course, but we also know that's not who's in the driver's seat when it comes to their decision-making. It's usually very emotional fueled. So what we do with critical thinking is it's not like I'm saying, how do you think? It's more like, let's see what critical thinking looks like. And let's talk about when we should be utilizing it, which is basically most of the time, but here's a situation. And how do you want to respond with critical thinking versus solely like an immediate emotional reaction? Mm-hmm. Right. And you can tell them like, Hey, an emotional reaction is like if you're at the doctor and he taps your knee or she taps your knee or they tap your knee with that little instrument and your leg flops up. It's like, that's like emotion, right? It's an immediate, innate response. How can we just be more strategic? Cause that's not a bad response, but sometimes it's not how we would, re- we would respond like even 24 hours later. Right. Exactly. So Critical thinking is very important. There's one on time management. And that's just so important because lots of anxious teens are actually quite bad with time management. Mm -hmm. They either get so worried about doing it well that they procrastinate and put it off or what will take clients, my clients, like should take them 40 minutes. This assignment will actually take them like two and a half hours because they keep going back over it and they can't walk away from it. Even though all their work, they have a history of getting like A's. They still feel yeah. like, oh, well, this one won't be good enough. So we talk about what time management looks like. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, there's even some apps that we recommend that can help them. Oh, wow. With oh, that, funny. which is yeah, really great because teenagers love apps. And then there's things like coping with emotions and stress and effective communication, mm-hmm. decision-making, and self-compassion. So there's a lot. And we tackle them one a week.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's really amazing. A six-week program, some of these skills, even as you talk about them, you could see how fundamental they are, right, to a teenager's growth. Because we know many adults who also have these same problems, right, who might check and double-check an email before they send it, right, which out of perfectionism or worry and that kind of... Time management isn't helpful in our adult lives either, right? And so you're helping these these young women at such a formative stage.
1: Well, thank you. The goal is that they can take these skills and apply them now, of course, but that at, to your point, it can also serve them later, whether later is university, whether later is careers um, and all relationships going forward as well right not all responding th- impulsively to a text from right when, when we're hungry here. and tired mm-hmm. and feeling super emotional um yeah. i mean all therapists know one of the things i teach the kids which i know all therapists usually teach their clients but is the cognitive triangle right how we go from how we think about something how it impacts how we feel and then behave mm-hmm. so How our first thought might, again, be those ants, right? Those automatic negative thoughts That's she's not talking to me today because she hates me. And then we feel awful and our stomach cramps and all this. And so our behavior is we now avoid her, Mm -hmm. which then turns into her now avoiding you because you're, and it's like, so how can we do a retake of the same situation, but just kind of change our thinking a little bit and we Mm -hmm. go through and it's just great. I mean, I'm very, I'm very lucky. I, I feel like I have the best clients in the world. And I run this group that I just love. And I'm very, very lucky to be where I am.
0: Yes. I I feel that. The girls are lucky to have you too, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Can you think of an example that would be okay to share or maybe a composite example of like how one of the teenagers really just kind of transformed after being
1: part of Girl Strong? Absolutely. So this I'll just do like a, maybe like a generalization, but for some of the girls, most of the girls who come in, their parents are the ones who sign them up. I mean, they're okay coming, you know, it's not a hostage situation, but Mm -hmm. their parents are the ones who are looking for it. And usually because they feel like their daughters don't have many friends and maybe are a bit too obsessive about things like grades. My office is in a pretty well to do town. And I just mentioned that because I think from, again, school and parents and not a bad way, but there can be a lot of expectation of like what success looks like. And so you have a lot of kids striving for like that 4.4 GPA. Right. And it's just, you know, all of the sports, um, all of the extracurriculars, everything, everything. And so these girls will come in very hard on themselves and sometimes having difficulty relating to others and feeling they're alone. And so one, in my opinion, of the best things about group work is that one, they know they're not alone because even if someone else has a slightly different struggle than them, they still come together and support each other so well that they feel understood again, even if the issue is different. Mm-hmm. So they come in to your point, sorry, your question came back. They come in feeling slightly isolated from their peers like they don't have great healthy connections with friends and that they're a mess. Even if they're not a mess at school, they feel like they're an academic mess. You know, instead of feeling proud of themselves for doing well, they're kind of just like, oh, thank God that went well. Okay. What do I have to study for next?
0: Oh yeah. It's so sad.
1: And then at the end, the average girl that I just described who enters Girl Strong leaves with like five healthy relationships, which makes her feel more confident because there are people who, again, the stage is so important to be liked, right? And it's a real thing. So she feels a bit more confident because she has people who genuinely like her and they have a good, healthy relationship. And she has skills to manage when she gets upset because she will. I mean, Mm -hmm. she'll get upset whether someone says something to her or she doesn't do as well as she wanted. Upsets happen in life but she has more skills for managing it. So mom might reach out to me even a year later just to say, oh my gosh, you don't know what difference this made. Or another success I consider is I have girls who take it multiple times. Wow. And the lessons don't change. Mm -hmm. And the parents are aware of this, you know, full transparency, obviously is so important, but the parents view it as the more opportunity they have to practice these skills and learn about them. Practice the skills. The better it is right? For that muscle memory. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tell all my kids, it's like, if you learn a new coping skill and you try to do it in the midst of a panic attack for the first time, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're like submerging your face in that ice cold water, but I mean, when we're panicked, you're forgetting what to even do. And so we have to keep practicing it. So these parents will be in touch with me like a year later and just Give me an update. And it's just so heartwarming um, to hear that, hey, again, things aren't, it's not like things are amazing and she's 100% go with the flow. I mean, that's not who she is at her core. Yeah. But she's less hard on herself. She has healthy relationships and she does a better job managing her time. And by that, I mean not obsessing Mm -hmm. or procrastinating a lot. Yeah. And that's always so great to hear.
0: It's it's so great. And I just, I love hearing it and seeing you smile and just feeling that shift that happens for these girls. Even when you said like, oh, they were talked out because they got together beforehand, right? It's hard for girls to make friends and they made friends as a result of your group and learning these skills and practicing the skills. I mean, right, I mean, athletes are doing drills all the time to practice a skill so that it becomes automatic in, you know, the heat of the moment, they can still do it. And we need our emotional skills that way too. And our life skills that way
1: too. No, absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't think, hey, I'm starring in a play and I'm just going to show up opening night after reading the script and hope it works. You right. know, they have those tech weeks and so much practice. And yes, to your point about sports, whatever you are doing, whether it's studying or an activity, you practice it. And this provides room for practice and hopefully for them to continue to do so after Mm -hmm. since we stress the importance of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating. One thing, Amaret, that you alluded to was having your private practice and seeing so many individuals and getting overwhelmed with Mm -hmm. basically the caseload, not having enough one-to-one time for the individuals, but still wanting to serve them. And so you decided to move into the group work. Now, so many therapists, I think, myself included, might feel a little shy about doing group work. We might think, like, well, first off, that sounds so much harder, so much more to like navigate. And you know, if if we're if if we didn't read the Yalom book, how can we possibly
1: do groups? Mm -hmm. Oh no, absolutely, right? So (laughs) no, no, absolutely. So going back to just my personality of not saying things that I don't believe to be true though, because that doesn't serve well. Mm -hmm. I think every single therapist with your training and your experience, even if you've never been a part of a group before, but doing one-on-one work, you can run a group. You already manage sessions with people who are coming in at their most vulnerable and you continue to show up for them and hold space for them. And then you're coming into the session with ideas on how to help. Obviously, we're not trying to like push that, do it this way or that way, but you don't just show up being like, hey, what's new today, right? Like we prep, we, we do our work for it. And I think groups are so much easier than that because one, you know what's happening that day and it's not tailored to any one person. You have an agenda. And again, with skill groups, it's not like, how's everyone feeling? I mean, you do check-ins, but regardless, this is what we're working on today, and then because humans at their core seek t- connection, and I'm not just talking about extroverts, right? I mean, because right. there are people who feel like, I like being alone, and that's great. But I think they like being alone when it's also their choice to be alone. I think if they were constantly alone with no option of being with other people or another person, they wouldn't like that. We're, we're kind of geared nature. towards connection. Yes, right? The
0: basic attachment Com- needs that is so primary for humans.
1: And going back to survival, as you said, I mean, Mm. the person on their own was much more likely not to do well versus the person with community and to provide space for people. These girls, and again, maybe I just also I'm so biased because I just love hosting this group so much, but they end up the first 15 minutes of the first session, they can feel a bit awkward because they don't know each other and they're trying to show like their best self, but maybe so they're trying a bit hard and then some are backing up because they're not sure what to say. I swear by the end of the first group, they are all chatting. Like as a therapist, I'm more of a facilitator at that Mm -hmm. point. Mm. And so you actually, to me, it feels like less work Mm. because so much of the work is holding space for them to connect with each other yeah for them to form healthy connections with these other people um and what you're and- saying
0: is we know how to hold the space we already right. hold the space with clients who are in very vulnerable places and so it's a lot it's it's a, an easier transition in some ways to hold the space in a way for like this introduction this this meet and greet in the sense of we're in this together. We're here to achieve these same goals and like try to be less, less anxious
1: and more and happier in our lives as, as teenagers. Absolutely. And again, I mean, obviously full disclosure and transparency, because I do skill groups and it's not therapy groups. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe, you know, someone who runs a therapy group would have a completely different opinion. But my opinion is if you think of a swimming pool, And individual therapy is you're capable of managing the deep end because you're taking all of someone's, again, vulnerabilities, their strengths, their needs that they're coming to you and you're helping them at the most basics stay alive. And then at maybe their highest point, accept where they are and choose some happiness or joy where they are and self-confidence and reflection, all of that. And that's the deep I mean, that is so deep, that work yeah. that you do, the, the skills it takes to connect with that person one-on-one, the vulnerabilities in that room, because it's just you and this other person. Or if you're doing couple work, like the amazing work you do, those mm-hmm. two people, I mean, you're holding space. What if they don't talk much? You already have those skills. You're in the deep end. To me, running groups is the three-foot section.
0: This is a brilliant analogy. I I love it.
1: Yeah, you get in, you can stand up and still breathe fine. And Mm -hmm. people are coming with stuff, but again, it's um, I don't want to say it's surface level, but you have the skills to handle the deep stuff. And this is people mostly not even looking to you; they're looking at each other Mm. to get that validation from one another, um, to get like support from each other to support other people. I mean, the girls are just so quick. To offer support to a peer in the group who's going through yeah. something. And so many times I'm again, I'm not even doing much compared to the work they're doing for and with each other. Yeah. So to your point of or question of um, you know, people who have the mindset of it's harder, I think therapists are the most among the most skilled people in the world. Yeah. And if you are doing individual sessions, my opinion is you are capable of doing group sessions.
0: Wow. I know everybody just loves you right now, Amaret, because you're validating us and seeing us for the work we do and giving us this confidence to maybe try something something different, like a skills group, that's gonna impact even more lives. Um, It's so exciting, it really is. And I know people are gonna feel the same way that I'm feeling, we're here right now. The chance to also learn from you or to experience what you're what you're sharing, what you're putting out into the world with Girl Strong um, exists because you have also created something for therapists. So tell me about that because right now I think everybody's really curious. How could we also have some of this feeling that you're getting by working with these teenage girls?
1: Thank you. So... I was running Girl Strong and obviously you all know now, I was so happy with it and just yeah. so grateful to be doing it. Um, I'm in, in New Hampshire requires you, I'm not sure if this is the same in Maine. New Hampshire requires us to have a certain number of peer supervision hours to rein, not reinstate our license, but to renew our license. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Originally I'm from Connecticut. That wasn't a thing at the time, at least when it I was varies there. state to right. state you know. once you get your license, you're done. But up here, so I'm a part of multiple um pure supervision groups, hmm. which is just fantastic because I get to meet with like couples therapists. Anyway, it's just amazing. These these therapists nice. are incredible. And so I was hearing similar stories from them about feeling overwhelmed and being booked out and wanting to help, but not knowing how. Mm -hmm. And again, they weren't even other teen therapists, but we shared this view of where we're at in the world and what more we can offer. And I just thought, so if they're feeling this way, other teen therapists must be feeling this way. And I know when you're overwhelmed, it's so incredibly hard to start something. I mean, because we almost feel like different is difficult, right? Like it's going to take so right. much space from us to implement that we just can't. I said, so what if I made it easier for them to implement? What if other therapists could could show up and um, host Girl Strong groups at their practice and in their communities? And you can market it to other therapists. You can market it because you're not trying to like take clients, this isn't Mm one-on-one and it's not therapy, but you're hosting them and teaching them skills, essential life skills and creating connection, which is so important. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I put out the curriculum, if I did all the PDFs that everyone would need to run the group. And if I did like an informed consent for a skill group and uh, marketing materials, opening, closing activities, all of that, I think that would be helpful because you could oh, purchase you want this that bundle and then you could be running it, you know, in the next week. And, um, and again, for me, skill groups are just so important. Obviously everyone has to check with their board to confirm, right? Not mm-hmm. being an attorney. I don't want to say that, but for me, I don't need to say I'm a coach and now start a separate business apart from my therapy business for doing this. Right. right. I don't need to do clinical notes afterwards. Like obviously I always have informed consent, but I'm not doing like clinical notes after. Because if it's someone... It's
0: not clinical. It's not therapy. It's a skills group. Right. It's a psychoeducation group. And so it's 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 separate from therapy. It's not insurance-based, all of that, right?
1: Correct. And so yeah. I, um, I mean, I have notes that I include in the bundle in case your practice requires you to do notes or you want to. Mm -hmm. And it's just a general note of what should be happening to that session. And then it's like check boxes for the individual. So you can mark off how that individual appeared during session. But um, no, I mean, it's, I'm not contacting, like I said, collateral contacts in between. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously if a parent wants to speak to me, I welcome that, but I'm not calling schools for this person. I'm not being in touch with their pediatrician or their psychiatrist. So for me, I'm able to help more people in one hour while making quite a bit more money, being honest. I mean, I make like $450 an hour when I host these groups. And so doing less work in between the groups. Mm -hmm. So helping more people, making a lot more money and doing less work. I'm like, oh my gosh, other therapists might be interested in this. So I put it together and just put it out there. Just like
0: that. No, we know (laughs) it took a lot of work. This is like another baby of yours. It took a lot of work to do this. Um, But Also, I want to highlight one thing, like this doesn't compete with therapy because a teenage client can have her own therapist and then go to somebody else's skills group, somebody else's girl strong group, because that's just the skills group. It's it's not competing with therapy.
1: Yeah. No, I have um, some therapists around me who run different groups for teen girls and I frequently give them information about it because I mean, what we're doing in therapy, obviously we're not They're not going to duplicate or replace, but this could supplement maybe what they're not getting here, or maybe it could help them with connections. I mean, there's such a power in connection that it's one of the limitations to one-on-one therapy, right? And we have connections with our clients, which is huge, but in terms of helping them with their peers, I mean, you can't show up to therapy with me with a friend, (laughs) Like right. that, that's not how well, it they might works. try. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. They'll wait in the car. But um, <laughs> so no, I mean, I think other par therapists, when they have groups, I love being able to refer my clients to the ones that are appropriate that might be able to help. And sometimes they go and sometimes they don't. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's their choice. Um, but it's just information to give out. We want to support our clients the best way that we can. And if someone's yeah. offering something that might benefit them, I love that information. Exactly,
0: exactly. And, you know, a lot of times, we are a very independent bunch as therapists, we want to, we want to do things and and make sure that we've put our all into it, right. So sometimes we do things like the extra hard way, and it doesn't always have to be that way. Amaret, what you've really created is a done for you skills program that therapists can use if they want to run a skills program for anxious teenage girls. And Doing, doing this done-for-you program, right? You could make more money. You could you still do it in like one hour's time. You impact more teenagers and families. And, you know, we all don't like doing our notes. We all don't like all of the extra collateral contacts and things like that that happen. I mean, we do it, and yeah, it still takes a lot of time that we're not reimbursed for. So it sounds like a really cool thing for somebody who's interested in starting out with a group skills program, but they don't necessarily have the time to create the curriculum themselves and do all of that. And you have something that's already like a success. It's really exciting.
1: Thank you. I just, I love it. I feel very grateful for the people who are running it in their practices and their communities because it's just so heartwarming to see their success. Yeah, And um, I think it's because it's almost like a mini break from therapy. And hopefully everyone who is a therapist is still loving their work right. and inspired by their clients and their work. But being real, it, it, there's a level of emotional draining that can take place depending on how many clients you see. Or, you know what? I mean, no one's coming to us because they're happy and lives are going well.
0: Right. We need they're, diversion and, right. and we like to also, you know, really have fun and feel some wins, especially in our work.
1: Right. Oh, and that happens during this group. I mean, it can yeah. be silly. There's lots of laughter and um, it just, you know, just going to this point quickly of so many people, whether the media or, you know, whomever, but we'll talk about how vicious teen girls can be to yeah. each other. And of course that is there of course. But I would say teen girls also can make the best of friends. And when you run this group and you see like I said how these young women are with each other they don't know each other they're strangers and someone will say something like I don't know in one of the groups one of the girls was talking about how she disclosed a piece of her identity to her family. Mm-hmm. That To her, it was a very big moment. And she was quite vulnerable, disclosing that to a group where, I mean, she had just known these people for like two hours at this point, not even. And so how would they react? And there was such a rally behind her of like, that's so amazing you did that. That's so cool. We're so happy for you. And uh, I mean, so much more. And again, not taking away from individual therapy, just my own personal thing in this moment, so much more than I could have done in that moment For. This young woman, you know, to have that validation from other people just jump right in and be so emotionally available with support was just, I don't know, isn't it? It was an amazing thing to witness. And yes, yes, um, quite well, it, it highlights yeah. the community aspect of it
0: that we are wired for connection and we can heal in relationships. And so then you create this group where the girls can heal in their relationships with each other they can start to feel that community support um it's really great it's it's such a gift have you gotten feedback from some of the therapists who participate in girl strong like what do they say
1: <laughs> they um i think they are surprised with how easy it can be mm-hmm. um usually it's their first time running a group and so really
0: really first
1: time running a group I know wow. I know it's amazing um so I ship them once they purchase from Amazon we have welcoming and closing activities and so I'll just ship them off just to say you know here use these that if you want to you don't have to but these are just ideas of what you can use and so I provide them with those and they really like it. Some of the therapists are like, I use this with individual clients now just to kind of warm up and play a game. And it's like, that's great. No, I think the overwhelming response is it was easier than I thought it would be. Like, I wish I had more confidence in myself earlier to do something Um, because it's easier than I thought it would be. It's like, oh, yeah, it really that's is.
0: So awesome. You're, you're giving... Anxious teens, confidence, you're giving therapists confidence, and we need this. We really can feel so much more satisfaction with our jobs when we feel confident. That's a given. Yeah.
1: Well, right. And again, like clients sometimes, right? Like, we can be self-aware, but then we're human and we can also be full of self-doubt with certain things. And Mm -hmm. I would just go to, I think, as a group, among the most skilled and at what we do and that includes being with people and holding space for people and so if you're able to hold space with the intensity of a one-on-one session you are more than capable of holding space for a group where they come in and again mostly they're not even looking to you. Yeah. I mean mostly they're just looking at each other and you can kind of after that first like 15 20 minutes sit back and let them do their thing. So powerful. So powerful.
0: So really, Amrit, you're inviting us into the shallow end. The water's, the water's great. great. It's lovely. It's It's lovely. Jump in. And and so I, I do from my heart want to acknowledge you for this beautiful work you're doing with, um, girls strong and, um, all of the other programs and the girls strong bundle for therapists. Um, it's impacting, so many lives, so many families and communities, and it's so needed. And especially learning the skills we know more than ever now, it's it's really needed for our young people. So thank you for doing this and making it accessible to the young kids out there and to the therapists. Um, so how do we Jump into the shallow end with you. Tell us about where everyone can find your
1: offerings, Amarette, and connect with you. Oh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, on Instagram as translating teen, translating underscore teen, but that's um, it's a mix. It's geared mostly towards therapists for teen girls and then parents of teen girls. So mm-hmm. I don't talk about girl strong too too much on there it's a bunch of education and information and just interventions even and then girlstrong.co is where you can learn more about the course itself and what it offers and what's included and how much it costs you and i were speaking before the show it was important to me being a therapist in private practice who's not like flush with cash um i didn't want to make it an annual fee to run I, Mm -hmm. I, um, that was not for me, nor did I want to make it so, you know, it pays for itself after three times you run it. I think us therapists are a busy group. We have a lot going on in our professional lives. We have usually a lot going on in our personal lives. And so the amount it is, the first time you run the group, you will not just make your money back, but you will make money. So it will pay for itself and then you will also make money. And that's important to me because that's so important. And being a therapist too, I appreciate. Sell me something that I can use and make money on, or that's definitely going to help my community or whatnot. Um, yeah, and so I love that, the that
0: transparency important. in in your marketing and and saying it that way. And so, you know, I'm sure it's out there on the website, but really, just knowing that you are going to recoup the cost of the program and also make money. And then you can continue to run the program without having to pay any kind of annual fee
1: is, is very generous. Oh, well, thank you again, you know, because you're a part of it, the therapist community. I think we do a great job looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of respect for one another. There's, as opposed to maybe other professions where there's a bit of more competition, I think, we're really good at having that growth mindset in terms of you're not my competitor for clients. I'm here to serve like you and run this we're business Collaborating, that we're doing. Right. And yeah. yeah, um you just you want to give to the profession that you're just grateful to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so um I again, I think therapists are the best. Oh. Um, so certainly I, I do not want to put them in a position where I feel like. I'm profiting off of them <laughs> and they're not getting anything in return. That would not yeah, be Yeah. That would not feel good.
0: Oh, that's that's a really heart-centered way of doing business too. You know, like there's there's still that that growth and profit and also greater impact. And I think that's so important. Um, so there's the girlstrong.co, uh translating teen is translating underscore teen is your Instagram handle. It's actually very cool. I've looked at your Instagram. It's really cool. And I also like seeing the different products, like the fidgets and things that work with your clients. (laughs) Thank you. So nice. Yeah. Um, And then also the translating teen, you have a freebie, right?
1: Correct. Yes. So I have translatingteen.com. There's a Girl Strong course that parents can buy for their teen girl that. So it's like an online mini course girls can take where they learn these skills. And then I also have a freebie of improving communication with your teen. That's just a free PDF. And it comes up with ways of how to have productive, effective communication and conversations, I should say, with your teen.
0: Right. And I'm really glad that you talked about that because so many people will want that also to help in their work with parents and teens. That's, That's wonderful. So great. Well, thank you again, Amaret, for coming and sharing all of this really exciting work that you're doing with anxious teens to help them become friends and feel less anxious and have so many skills and confidence in their world and also shouting out to therapists on how we can build our confidence. And that's that's really important. And I'm really taking that away with me that, you know, we're it's okay if we want to look at something in the
1: shallow end. And you can, and you will be great there.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, thank you again. And uh, thank you to all of my listeners for joining us today. I hope you loved our conversation. If you did, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at therapist. And until then, stay heart-centered. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.